are you? This is Ink Studs on CITR 101.9 FM. My uh, guest today is Mr. Casey Green. Uh, Hello. Casey, as in Kansas City. Oh, yes, it is. <laughs> oh, sorry. I like to say my name stands for Kitty Cat. Kitty, oh, that's so much nicer. Yeah. Does anyone really like Kansas? Oh, you're from I Oklahoma, you just said. How <laughs> close is that to Kansas? Above, so it's probably another three hours or so. See, I've, I have no idea of the, the lower states. It's well, Kansas is above us, so it's about a trip to Texas. 
I just picture a bunch of guys with shotguns and moonshine. Pretty close. It frightens me. Um, probably isn't though, is it? It's pretty close. Yeah, <laughs> I see him outside right now. Get some moonshine in the bathtub. There we go. Some some bathtub gin. That's a good way of living. Uh, now you just released your first book from uh, Vancouver's very own New Reliable Press, Horribleville. Um, and when I was going through online looking at all your different webcomics, Horribleville didn't seem like your big chunk of work. It seemed like the gun show was your big chunk of work. Well, yeah, gun show is the is the more newer one. I started it around the time I was ending gun show, or Horribleville. But gun show is like my main, my main dude right now. And it's fine because it allows me to do a lot of different stuff with it, like bigger stories, short gags, and stuff like that. But the Horrible was was uh, probably my most popular one, mm-hmm. I would say. I, I was surprised to see that a lot of people could relate to the things I had anxieties about and talked about related to comics. What sucked you into making comics? Um... An overactive imagination as a child. <laughs> does that overactive yeah. imagination continue to this day? Yes, it very much does. <laughs> um, I didn't read a lot of comics as a kid, save for like the newspaper stuff and whatnot. And um, I mostly got my entertainment from cartoons, and that fueled kind of like the imagination and just doodle a lot as a kid. And well, no one told me to stop, so I just kept going. <laughs> Like, I was never scolded for my drawings, and I never really gave up, so I just kept drawing and drawing. And I really got more into webcomics first, and then, like, around around the time I graduated high school, which was, like, 2005, I found a really nice comic shop that had a lot of indie stuff that I was seeing online but couldn't find anywhere. Like, I was like, why didn't they have it at Barnes & Noble? <laughs> that was the only bookstore I knew of. But then I found a great comic shop, and I got really, really into all the indie comics, some stuff from DC and Marvel, too, and just everything. It was kind of uh, an overflow of fun. Yeah. Oh, man. I wasted a lot of money <laughs> that summer. It's not wasting. I know. It's a it's a good investment, but now there I have go. a huge bookshelf overflowing with stuff that I just have to carry with me wherever I go now. Which the means anchor probably... around my chain. I mean, the anchor around my neck. Yeah, the monkey on your back. <laughs> that too, yeah. What were some of these indie comics? Um, the first one that really got me interested was Jeffrey Brown, because I don't know if Clumsy came out around 2005. Maybe, I remember James Kolchalka, like, linked to Clumsy before, saying it was one of his favorite uh, things at the time. So I don't know where in his timeline... That was about 2005, but I was looking up like stuff from Jeffrey Brown, and then I just walked into that comic book store one day, and there it was, just sitting there, clumsy, uh, mini sulk, and a bunch of other stuff that I was really interested in. So he was one of the first ones, but I knew of like James Kolchalka from a friend who had CDs. Um, I knew of Tony Millionaire from Mackey's because that was online too, mm-hmm. and. Um, I knew a bit about Robert Crumb. I didn't know a lot, but I, I, I liked his style a lot. And I think I saw a Crumb documentary at that time, too. 
It's a good but it flick. Was a, huh? It's a good flick. It was really good. I kind of want to watch it again. I'm talking about it. But those were kind of the starts of it, and then I just I kept going by just looking up different things and just buying different stuff that really caught my eye at the store. When did you start making uh, web comics? Well, I started actually just drawing comics as a kid, and third grade is the time that really uh, uh, speaks out to me right now because that's when I started to draw a comic with a friend of mine, and then he kind of stopped drawing comics with <laughs> me, and then I just continued to. So the third grade, I started drawing just random stuff in my notebooks and papers that we would just give back and forth to each other with a friend, and then I just kept going myself. And then web comics came into play around junior high. My last year of junior high, which was about ninth grade, going into tenth grade, I discovered that other people were making comics and putting them online. It never occurred to me that I could just put them up online. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> There's a whole then, uh, worldwide web out there. Yeah, well, this was about 2001. Okay. When it really started to pick up, like, Aikwood just got made, uh, I think Diesel Sweeties also. A lot of people started to pick up and do a lot of stuff online, and that's what I noticed. The first one I actually noticed was 8-Bit Theater, which is like the little sprite comic that was made from the Final Fantasy sprites. <laughs> uh, it, it, I don't know, it was new to me at the time, and being the, the child I was, I was more just like, wow, that's amazing, someone did this. And uh, I saw more, and I was like, well, I want to try. And so I got my GeoCities webpage up and <laughs> wondered why I wasn't getting any hits. Oh, the for the world at GeoCities again. <laughs> Actually, from GeoCities, I went to Angel Fire, and I had, like, a web of different Angel Fire sites all connected to each other. Because <laughs> I was like, I, I want to do something about this. I want to do something about that now. And is that kind of why with Gun Show you're just doing whatever you want with it? Yeah, because like as a kid, I no one, I didn't have one idea. I had a lot of different stuff I wanted to try, and not a lot of them like fell into place with each other. So I just, I just started a new one. It wasn't that big a deal. I was like, whatever. Later on, I realized that it was kind of confusing to people. It was kind of like he does a lot of stuff. Why doesn't he just, you know? push them all together into one big thing and force it out and after I was still doing at, near the end of Horribleville I realized that I should do that I should just kind of focus my efforts on one thing and I think Gun Show could be that thing so I felt at the, at the time that ending Horribleville would have been a good idea because I just graduated college so I was like I started it in college why not just end it right now well what so was I did it oh no go ahead so I just I did it and I just kept on with Gun Show and people expect me to continue to make something else also but I I would just rather keep it all centralized now because I'm having more people notice my work and so it's just easier overall. It's uh it's surprising to me especially like I went through every comic strip on Gunville or on Gun Show and you pretty much ninety percent of the time our everyday posting strips. It's not just like two panels or one panel. You post like a substantive like strip. <laughs> How do you breathe? 
breath at a time. With both lungs. With both lungs. There we go. Um, uh, seriously, uh, what's your page turnaround like? Um, if I really sit down and and focus on the project, I could get like maybe a page done in two hours. I suppose. I don't really sit. I don't really like hide myself, you know. Yeah. And for longer projects, like I recently just posted a a big twenty page uh, part of my anime club story. And that was, I I did that in like cycles. I did a bunch of pencils first. I then went back and did all the lettering, and then and then inked it all and then toned them all and stuff like that. That started about a week week and a half before I posted it. So that's twenty still, pages within like a week and a half. That's pretty freaking good. <laughs> that's one thing I've I've gotten. I guess better at over the years is to be kind of quick with my work because I just tend to get to lose the um, the excitement, the the feeling of the work if I spend too long on it. One of the horrible bills, um, I spent like a good three or four hours on just coloring and getting the inks right. It was the one where I went to the lake mm-hmm. and the fish was being dumb or whatever, and it shows. I mean, people said that that one looked really good, but. By the end of I was done with it, I was kind of like crazy going, why, why am I spending so long on this? I could be doing something else right now. Because <laughs> it just normally didn't happen, and I just, I don't know, I got the feather up my butt to do it. <laughs> That's the right word of using that. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay with that. Okay, well, well, let's talk about Horribleville. Um, let's do it. Your book. Mm-hmm. Where, to, where to first start from? doing it what was your look at yourself well it started from the older comic that I did before that which was um, called Droop I guess but at some point I just renamed it B-Power for no reason and um, in that comic I would sometimes just do little side uh, bits with myself and like a fake editor like the JJ from Spider-Man type guy you know smoking a cigar, going, come on, thumbing his suspenders. We need to work out there. Blah, blah. Like, that would be my internal editor going, you need to work, or whatever. Make some comics, eh? Yeah. Baka, we need these comics. And I swing away and draw a comic for him. But um, I did these just little one-offs every now and then with him and myself. And I did that a lot more often than I wanted to within Droop, which was just kind of a which was like the prototype gun show, which was just like a, a, a bit of everything that I could do. It was it was a good comic that I found, like what I'm good at, my voice, all that stuff. It's But it's a lot of garbage, too. I mean, that was from like <laughs> junior high, high school years. So like the early ones are really trash, but it's good to get that trash out of you, out of myself first, you know? Yeah. So at that point, I realized I kind of liked these characters and I could definitely add more because I think I did a strip also with a a physical manifestation of my writer's block that's just sitting on top of my head with the name writer's block on there so I was just like yeah I like it up here so I don't know I just took those characters and started to make a strip out of them because I I just wanted to separate them from Droop yeah and it, I decided to keep them one a week just so I wouldn't work so much on it and I just kept that throughout the whole 
the whole its whole run, and it just evolved from there with the uh, more characters adding, like the cat who is based off a real cat of mine uh, called Dusty. I just changed the the U to two O, so it's Doosty. Yeah, Doosty. And yeah, and and over the while they sort of just took on different parts, I guess, of my mind. Like the editor was the part of me that's screaming at myself to to work instead of just sitting here playing dumb internet games or etc. And the writer's block is me who gets distracted by certain things. And I guess Doosty would represent a part of myself that hates me <laughs> for no good reason. Now you're saying you were getting a lot of feedback. A lot of folks were kind of finding a commonality with your strip. Yeah, they said they could relate a lot to um, the different anxieties and 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 stuff I would uh, approach in the strip, which was just like like how, like drawing a comic or writing something and not feeling I want to write something right now. I'd rather I don't know. <laughs> they but they would. Yeah, they would. Uh, they would feel like like I, I feel that way sometimes too, and they would really relate to, I guess, the anxieties I would have. But the character in there isn't like me to a T. It's like me amplified and super depressed. <laughs> I'm not always depressed, but no. people assume I am, which is you know my own fault because the guy's name is Casey in the comic, and it's basically me. Now, why the choice to collect this work um, specifically? Uh, it was, like I said, it was one. It was the one that got kind of popular. The one that got more people to see my work and to enjoy it. It was, it was a good jump-on point for new readers. Mm-hmm. People who were like saw maybe some older stuff and were like, <laughs> I didn't know. This was kind of a lot of work, and then they saw Horribleville, which is like maybe ten or fifteen comics in, and they're like. Well, those are pretty good. I'll just jump on there. And after I was finished it, I felt like it was one of it was like my real first good work. Mm-hmm. I mean, I did a lot of work beforehand, but this was like the, my first try at something good, I guess. And I don't know. I, I feel like collecting it just felt right since I did so well with the gun show book, which I did myself. Oh, I didn't and now know you had it. Yeah, I did, like, volume one of the gun show book, just self-published with me, and then I let, uh, working with Ed on Hate Song, I uh, said, hey, we should do a horrible little book, which I thought at the time would be a big companion, like, of all of them, Mm -hmm. but we decided just to start out small and just do the first, it was like 57 or so strips, and it's like uh, all black and white, since they're all black and white on the uh, site. And then the rest are color, and then we'll hopefully work on doing a color version later. A color, uh, a separate color book. Yeah, like for volume two, and I think volume three. I think it'd be good to have three different volumes because they're about fifty comics each, and it'd be a good set. Now the other one, the later ones, the color ones, they're bigger too, aren't they? Yes, I decided to just break out from the uh, the the format that I sort of kept with it for a while. Mm-hmm. And having a collected version of it never really crossed my mind until now. So it is going to be definitely a little different to try and collect the <laughs> bigger ones. But, you know, that's just 
something we'll have to deal with when we get there. How long do you think you guys want to wait till the next book? Well, I don't know. I need to actually finish coloring a lot of the (laughs) comics from that time. Because when I was a kid doing these, I thought, I'll never need the high-res version of any of these strips. (laughs) It'll take up space (laughs) on my computer. (laughs) Delete! Yeah. (laughs) So I have to... I have all the old originals, or at least copies of them, because I sold some. Um, So I scanned them all. I just have to go back and recolor them, and that just takes a while. Yeah. You got to use your uh, Photoshop foo on it. Yeah. So it's... I don't have that... I don't have, like, all of them to recolor, because after a while I did start saving them. But there's a good chunk that doesn't have the high-res color, and and that's going to be for, like, most of Volume (laughs) 2. So so we can just skip Volume 2 and go straight to Volume 3, and that'll just solve that problem. There we go. Uh, You you may infuriate people, but that's okay. No, it's, it's a... No, it'll be fun. <laughs> we'll make a big deal out of it. We'll see, like, someone stole Volume 2. <laughs> now we're just going to put out Volume 3. The Hamburglar took it. Yeah. There we go. Looking at 
Now, the book is printed on completely recycled paper, am I correct? I believe so, yes. Yes, that's not a 
thing of you that's Ed's doing. Yeah, that's Ed's doing. We use this printer um, in the States, and uh, I think I'm thinking of using them for my own books later on. But yeah, I believe they're recycled paper. He, he showed me the site. Okay. We'll, we'll trust him. Okay. <laughs> um, I don't trust him most of the time, but I'll trust him this time. Now, one thing I'm always curious about with webcomics, folks, is how do you commodify yourself? Um, Have you had success commodifying, making money? Oh, well, for a lot of people, it's selling like ads on their site. Yeah, that's a big that's a big thing for some people Um, because you can go to like certain ad places like AdsDeck or Burst Media. And you can say, I want to be a publisher of these ads. And then you just have like a banner on the front page and they'll give you a, uh, you know, a percentage of people who click on it and stuff like that. And for some people who have a lot of people coming to their site and looking at their stuff, that could, that could bring a lot of money for them. Cause mm-hmm. you could like, you could add up all the different, you could have different ad sites on there. So you could be like in three or four different ads and, um, That'll add up. For me, that's never really worked out. <laughs> I've tried to get a lot of ad sites, see if I could publish the publisher with them, yeah. but they've always kind of rejected Gun Show for either no reason or for content reason. That's not very nice of them. Uh, it's their business, though. I can't just go. What's wrong with No, the... put me on there. What, what, what's wrong with the content? Uh, I guess it's more adult than they would like. Is it dick butt? Well, that's horrible, Bill, but yes, it might be dick butt. It might be, I don't know, how uh, how many bad words can we get away with on the You can't radio? say the C word. Listener discretion be advised, Casey's going to cuss. Well, I'm not going to say the, the queen C word. I'm going to say another C word. The... I don't know if I should say it. Now you have to say it. Okay, the cummy mummy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Although you didn't see anything, it sure was implied. <laughs> and other things like, I guess, blood or just cursing in general. Oh, like is... the vampire, uh, the the planet raining blood. Oh, yeah, part. vampire monster orgy. Oh, and there was also the blood cloud one, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. They're usually very vague with the reasons why, and they have their own reasons. Plus, I say not for children right on the site, so they could just look at that and go, oh, well, then our ads wouldn't do very well. And the funny thing is, I don't find your stuff particularly um, adult at all. Yeah, I mean, I do... Or maybe it's just really immature. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, there there are moments of, like, like, cummy mummy or just some cursing here and there, but yeah, it's it's mostly just that kind of immaturish Johnny Ryan humor. Yeah. It's just so fun sometimes. I find it, you know, it's I, I really like it, but it's uh it it's pretty safe for the most part. <laughs> well, for whatever reason those guys don't want me on there. Well, but there's also other things to do. There's also the book sales, like doing the the book with Ed and doing my own book have uh helped a lot in making some money. And I do many comics from here uh, every now and then that I like to just sell through my own site or bring with me to conventions and and whatnot. And also, just being good to your fans, they'll like donate every now and then, 
which is always nice. That's amazing. Yeah, I mean, it, there's some times where I can get kind of like within the case of Dick Butts, those like fans just sort of take it and make it their own thing, and that's cool. But at the same time, it's like, please drop it. I'm better than that. <laughs> <laughs> but they like it, and so you know, I can't just, I I can't get mad at that. I try not to, at least. No. What can but, you do? Um, You've created yeah, a monster. <laughs> that's kind of how it was. I went through like the seven stages of. Of death, you know, <laughs> of grief. <laughs> so yeah, the, the grief and the anger, and then denial and all that stuff. And finally, I'm at acceptance, where it's like it's its own thing. Who cares? I'm going to continue making something else. But I... um, donations from fans is really is really good, and uh, I also do shirts with Topatico. Oh, Okay. Yeah, and um, they're like the good... web comic good salesman. Well, they've done a really good job with it, and the guy himself is a web cartoonist also, so he understands like that stuff, and he's really good at understanding the business mm-hmm. of the shirt sales. So those are, on a, on a good month, those are really good sales. Yeah. No, I think so uh, It's a combination of a lot of things that, um, that you can make money off of webcomics. Ads isn't just one of them that I, uh, that I figured out yet. Yeah. I, I could never understand really how well the ads would work. For some it's, people, it's like their best thing. But it seems almost cyclical, like it's other web comics buying those ads, almost like a pyramid scheme. Oh, that's oh, that's um, Project Wonderful. <laughs> that part is probably a little <laughs> cyclical. But like, if you use like a big ad company like AdTech, it's like ads to other things, like an uh, online game or. Mm-hmm. Other other things like big companies and whatnot, but yeah, Project Wonderful is that other type of ad that's more cyclical. You're not going to make a lot of money from it, but it's nice. Mm-hmm. You might find something new. Like I found a couple interesting comics from the Project Wonderful ads on my site. I've I've been trying it out. It hasn't worked so well for me <laughs> <laughs> for uh, the Inkstead site, but whatevs. You know, what ifs? What ifs? Tell me about. I think m- my favorite thing of yours is the anime club. Oh, thank you. Um, it seems like it's getting stronger and stronger and stronger. Yeah, part four was the biggest one so far in in terms of length and in terms of characterization and finally getting the designs down to a point that I like of the characters. Also, mm-hmm. like I'm, I've been going back to. Um, the first three to sort of touch them up for a uh, I wanted to make their own kind of website not making them a separate comic just their own website for people to read them easier yeah and I am just mmm the, the first part one they look so bad I should have spent like a year drawing them and figuring them out before I even started you've kind of uh didn't really. Did you expect them to be recurring when you first created well, them? Well, when I first did them, they were just little stick figure characters. But I kind of liked their dynamic, and there was definitely more room for something else. And I started thinking more about a uh, longer story with them. And yeah, I didn't really sit down and think about their actual characters or their designs. I had them more fleshed out, 
like to actually look like real people instead of stick figures. But the more I drew and wrote them, the more I figured out who they were, which is mm. how that works. But at the same time, going back and saying, I'm just kind of like, oh, man. Because I really like the way I drew them now. Because before part four, I sat down and looked at the characters because I always felt I couldn't get them just the way I wanted to. So I just drew them a whole bunch of times until I figured out a really good Mort, really good Mark, Dave and Clyde and all that stuff. Were you uh, an anime clubber as a young man in high school? I was not. To be honest, I was not. We didn't have an anime club in our high school. We definitely had fans of anime. Mm -hmm. And being in band, I was around them. (laughs) Not all the time, but I could definitely see the type of people who liked that. And (laughs) and being online a lot, you get kind of a feel for the type of superiority these people sort of have when it comes to the type of anime they will watch. We will watch only subbed, no dubbed type stuff, you know? (laughs) And it's just, it's, it's, I've, I've gathered a lot of information over the years about these people, <laughs> Your but I've notes. never been in an anime club. There was a anime watch night at my college once, but I never went there because, I mean, I like some anime, but not like a lot of anime, <laughs> and I definitely don't want to be around those people also. Yeah. yeah that's okay. That's, quite <laughs> that's perfectly right. fine. But yeah. I, I get a lot of people asking me that also, which is... I guess flattering in a way that I can actually portray these people the way they see other people like, but it's also kind of weird to hear that a lot of people in anime clubs are just loud and obnoxious <laughs> and mean. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like, wow. It's, uh, you, you've cut a tragic stereotype. <laughs> but I'm trying to make him more of a likable character, especially during part four, when we're talking about Mort, I'm guessing. Yeah, because in part three, a part of me was like, I started to read Confederacy of Dunces. Have you read that? No, I haven't. Well, it's basically about this huge, horrible man child (laughs) who lives with his mom in New Orleans, and he's just always right and always he's never wrong, even though he's completely in his own world around these people and making up his own laws and rules and stuff. And it's a really interesting look into like that type of person's uh, life, but he certainly isn't likable. Mm -hmm. Other than from a distance, just watching him going, wow, I can't believe he just did that. (laughs) I thought, a part of me thought, maybe I want Mort to be more like that, but then I realized that guy is completely unlikable. I cannot do that because of what I want to go with next, like in the part four and the finale part five. So I made another character more like that, which was the Daniel character, but I didn't, I didn't give it a chance to uh, really pull it out of him. Maybe I can later. Are, but, are, um, are you going to be finishing the anime club, or do you think it'll continue? Well, I'm going to finish this story. Like this, this whole arc has a definite end, and I know how it's going to end. But there's still more room to do with stuff with these characters. Like I have a couple ideas for afterwards. It's definitely not going to be a like a regular webcomic type thing, but every now and then when I finish a story, I'll just post it again and be like, here's more with these characters. It's crazy, guys. Well, I hope you do a book of that, too. Yeah, day. that's definitely what I'm what I'm aiming for. Volume 2 of the Gun Show will be everything but the Anime Club stuff, and then I'll keep the Anime Club completely separate. 
because I have noticed that there's kind of a uh, not a complete like separation of my fans, but there are fans that just really, really like anime the, club. that that story more than they do the actual Ben Show. Well, I find it it pulls you in more because I mean you're creating these characters that have a dynamic. They're working with yeah. each other. They're playing against each other. Yeah, and I, I completely understand that. It's just every now and then. I don't want to do that. <laughs> Sometimes I just want to do a simple gag about some guy farting so hard that it breaks a tub or the toilet or something. That's tragic. That's a loud <laughs> yeah, fart. It's own little tragic story. <laughs> so it just depends on what I'm feeling at the moment. I like to go back and forth from doing a nice story with these characters and doing more with them to just doing some gags yeah. that I, I think are really funny. So... Funny comics or good comics? Yes, those are the best. Well, thanks so much for uh, taking the time to yak with me today, Casey. No problem. Thank Uh, you for having me. Just so folks know, the book is Horribleville. The cartoonist is Casey Green, KC, as in Kitty Cat, as you said before. And you can find your stuff at gunshow.com and uh, the book at newreliablepress.com. Gunshowcomic.com. Gunshow com- I guess gunshow would be something far more tragic and terrible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. On that note, <laughs> thank you so much, Casey. Thank you.